1: today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for with every sunrise.
2: So Paul's not out of the will of God and Paul's not doing anything wrong and there's not sin in his life. But God is going to sometimes cause a storm in our lives to redirect us because there's some other divine purpose or plan that God has for us. Don't look at every storm as being this terrible thing. I know that's our tendency, and I'm not trying to downplay it. And and if you're going through a storm right now, I'm not trying to be insensitive at all. I'm just simply saying that sometimes we need to remember that even in the dark times of our lives, God is up to something. This
1: is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick, of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through the book of Acts. Sometimes storms come to align your life with God's will. Today, Pastor Gary will teach about Paul's intense journey to Rome as a prisoner. He knew God wanted him in Rome, but that wasn't a smooth journey. A huge storm hit the boat for the course of two weeks. And when Paul was afraid there was no more hope, God was actually moving in an unexpected way. Through this storm, God redirected Paul's journey and took him somewhere else where he needed to be. God operates his perfect plans for you, even in hardships. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Acts, chapter 27, for today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. Verse 29,
2: fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. I bet they did. And in an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors, notice this, this is the crew, not the passengers. The sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. All right? Not not the most courageous guys here. They're they're bailing ship. So then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, because Paul sees this, Unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it fall away. <laughs> so you know, here are these guys like they're creepy. They're like, you know what, we're gonna die. We got this we got the lifeboat. Let's go ahead and just cut it loose and we'll save ourselves. So they're they're there at the bow of the ship and they're starting to saw, you know, the, the thing loose that they can jump into it, and the Roman after Paul exposes this plot, the Roman uh, soldiers come along, There's like, whack! And then the, the lifeboat goes away, and now the sailors have no plan of escape. So they're, they're all, they're all in, it's like, you know, we're all in this together. We're all going to survive, we're all going down with a ship one way or another. But nobody is bailing ship here. I got a point, number four, from that scene right there. We might be tempted to escape from our storms, but God's grace is only experienced through our storms. Every single one of us, when we're in the middle of something difficult, the natural tendency, of course, is I just want to escape this. I just want out of this. And, you know, it's wonderful when God sometimes does just deliver us out of it. But a lot of times what he wants us to see is his grace through it. Because sometimes the only way that we get to experience and witness the goodness and the grace of God is, is by the way he sustains us through it. Otherwise, if he just delivered us from it, we would never see the wonderful way that he was at work on our behalf. So even though the scene here is this picture of people who obviously, we don't want to go through this, we would just rather escape, that's human nature, yet it is only through the storm that we actually get to see the grace of God. And we're going to see it here. We're going to see it in this story. Verse 33, just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. Okay, he says, for the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. And then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged And ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. That's the number there given to us. He says, when they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. Okay, so, you know, after 14 days, they've been seasick. They they haven't wanted to eat, um, haven't had time to eat, been too afraid to eat. And so now things have started to subside. It's not completely over, but it's subsided enough. And Paul realizes, again, in a practical way, we need our sustenance here. We, you know, we, we need nourishment. So he says, you guys have to eat. You guys haven't eaten for 14 days. You need to eat. Eat. So he, he says, eat. And he, and he sets the example. He prays, and he breaks bread, and he eats himself. And then again, it says that they lighten the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. Because if they're, if they're about made, ready to make landfall, you know, you, you want to be able to glide in there. You don't want to come crashing in there with all of this stuff on board so so they're lightening the ship here so this is point number five okay when in a storm do your best and leave the rest when in a storm do your best and leave the rest in other words leave the rest to god there's only so much that we can do and then we just have to trust the lord but there is something we can do what paul says here this this much we can do we should eat for our own strength and nourishment And let's unload all the grain. Let's throw it off here because, you know, in a practical sense, this is the wise thing to do for us to to make landfall as best as we possibly can. So there was something that they could do. When people go through difficulties and challenges and and the storm of their own life, sometimes the tendency is to be so paralyzed, you don't do anything. And then sometimes we end up getting so hyper-spiritual, we just think God's going to do everything. And God can do anything, okay? He's sovereign and powerful to do whatever he wants. But what we see throughout Scripture is that God also desires for us to engage our own participation in in His purpose and in His plan. So, you know, it's kind of like as simple as if you're out of work, you know, it's not like just sit back on the couch and pray that God will bring a job along. Send out your resume too. It's that idea. It's like, all right, I believe God could providentially drop a job in, in your lap if you're out of work. But I also know that he wants us to engage and participate in his purpose and plan for our life. So kind of do something, too. Send out your resume. So that's the kind of idea here. It's like, it's like, all right, we're, we're going to make landfall one way or another, but let's let's eat. Because we're going to have to start to, you're going to find out here in a moment, some of them are going to be swimming for safety. And you're not going to be able to swim very well if you haven't eaten for 14 days. So you need to get up your strength, get up your nourishment. Let's unload all the grain, and let's, let's go for this. So... There's this practical side to it, and and so I just like this point here that I think the word is making about when in a storm, do your best, and then leave the rest. we got to trust God here in this as well. Verse 39 says, When daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but they saw a bay with a sandy beach where they decided to run the ship aground if they could. Cutting loose the anchors, they left them in the sea and at the same time untied the ropes that held the rudders. And then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach. But the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow stuck fast and would not move, and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life. Notice this is Julius again. This is why I wonder if... Maybe he gets converted in this process of being with Paul and maybe maybe we'll see him in heaven. He's very favorable towards Paul. And the centurion wanted to to spare Paul's life, so he's going to spare everybody's life. So he kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land in safety. Okay, again, when we're at point a and god's ultimate will for us is point b the best way is a straight line but we're not always going to get there in a straight line either sometimes because we're not getting things right maybe we're not clearly discerning some of the different turns we need to be making in the course of getting from a to b or maybe quite honestly maybe there's disobedience in our life and so we're we're not on track with where God wants us to be. We're going to see here in a moment that this is a very zigzag plan in Paul's life. It has nothing to do with sin in his life, but it's part of God's providential plan. But, but that said, the most ideal is to get from point A to point B in kind of a straight line. And sometimes we have in our heads the ideal way that we think life is always going to go. And what we need to realize is that God is still sovereign and in charge, getting from point A to point B may not be as direct as we sometimes think or want. And that we need to accept that. That God ultimately will get us to point B, but it may not be in a straight line. You know, it it would have been wonderful for Paul just to get from Caesarea to Rome and have beautiful weather on the way and for him to just soak in the beauty of the Greek islands as he floats by them in the Mediterranean on his way. To Italy, okay? But we're gonna see here a very zigzag way of getting there. But God's still gonna get them there. So they're gonna get there. Some of them are swimming, some of them, you know, on planks, like life preservers, but they're gonna reach the land in safety. Well, chapter 28, one safely on shore we found out that the island was called Malta. So Malta, it's about 58 miles, tiny little island in the Mediterranean, about 58 miles south of the island of Sicily, uh, just below the booth of Italy. So that's Malta, little island in, in Malta. And uh, verse 2 says, that "...the islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood... And as he put it on the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. I mean, if, if it's not bad enough, you know, you've been shipwrecked, you've barely made it to the island, and then you go to help and, you know, get some firewood, and out from the, from the firewood comes a snake. It's a poisonous snake. It, uh, the viper was uh, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. And when the islander saw the snake hanging from his hand, not a pretty picture, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. So they think this is, uh, this is judgment against him. And justice, you know, they're gods. so these are, you know, unbelievers here. So they think, well, the gods are punishing him. And that's why the gods sent this viper. Verse 5, but Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. All right, so, you know, he gets bitten here by this poisonous snake, Mark 16:18. Jesus talked about handling snakes, and now it isn't that we go become snake handlers, all right? It isn't that we, and some churches, you know, are into that. Some, you know, weird churches are into snake handling thing, and they get out rattler snakes and rattlesnakes. And, um, you know, you can read some interesting articles about how they incorporate that in some of their wild church services and how many pastors have died doing that. Ain't going to see it here, friends, all right? <laughs> I don't like snakes. I don't like snakes at all. So he shook it off, shook off the snake. No effects. Verse six: The people expected him to swell up, you know, to blow up like a like he was stung by a bee, or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. <laughs> These people don't know who to vote for, do they? <laughs> it's like one minute we can't stand this guy, the next minute he's a god. Well, verse 7, there was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and for three days entertained us hospitably. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. And Paul went in to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. Okay, now, this is the Lord healing through Paul. So he has the gift of healing here and this guy's getting just miraculously healed instantaneously verse 9 says when when this had happened the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured well of course they did you know if you hear there's a cure happening everybody's going to come running and so it says verse 10 that they honored us in many ways and when we were ready to sail they furnished us with the supplies we needed interesting this guy here is suffering publius's father Now, publius is this chief official of the island his father suffering from, NIV says, fever and dysentery. I don't mean to get too graphic, but dysentery is basically bloody diarrhea. And there is actually, even in Malta today, a condition called Malta fever, which is the result of a microbe uh, in goat's milk. And it was a problem then. It still is a problem now. And the result of this microbe, if, uh, if it infects you through goat's milk, is fever and dysentery. This guy's dying. He's on his deathbed. And Paul goes in, prays for him, lays hands on him, and this guy is healed. And it says, and the rest of the sick on the island came, and they were cured. Now, here's point number six in, in all of this, okay? Sometimes storms come to align our lives with God's will. And here's what I mean by that. There's an un- unnamed guy in this passage. He's just called Publius' father. And there are a bunch of sick. It doesn't say who their names are, and it doesn't say how many. That God wanted to heal, and God wanted to minister to. Paul was on his way from Caesarea to Rome. And God is going to divert his path, because God's got some things he wants to do. And it, to me, just speaks of this divine appointment for this man and the rest of the sick on this island. That God has a heart for now hear me on this Paul hasn't done anything wrong to miss the will of God or to be out of the will of God what God wanted was for Paul to get to Rome back in 19 chapter 19 that was God's will for him and he's on his way there and the angel reminded him again before the boat wrecked that you're on a divine mission you're gonna testify before Caesar that was all part of God's plan for him to witness and testify before Caesar as well So Paul's not out of the will of God, and Paul's not doing anything wrong, and there's not sin in his life. But God is going to sometimes cause a storm in our lives to redirect us because there's some other divine purpose or plan that God has for us. Don't look at every storm as being this terrible thing, I know that's our tendency, and I'm not trying to downplay it, and and if you're going through a storm right now, I'm not trying to be insensitive at all. I'm just simply saying that sometimes we need to remember that even in the dark times of our lives, God is up to something, and God is moving in different ways as part of His divine purpose and part of His will that sometimes we cannot see and we do not know, and it doesn't have anything necessarily to do with any sin in our lives or that we're out of the will of God. It's just that God's like, I got this guy over here and some sick people on this island, Paul, so I I need you to come over here. And so that storm was a part of just redirecting Paul for the purpose of, of what God wanted to do. And not every dark time in our life is because we're out of God's will or there's sin in our life, Sometimes God is using even those moments to just kind of align us with where his will is that we can't sometimes see or discern. That's what he's doing here. Well, verse 11 says, After three months we put out to sea in a ship that had wintered in the island. It was an Alexandrian ship with the figurehead of the twin gods Castor and Pollux. If you know uh, Greek mythology, those are the twin sons of Zeus. Zeus. So they put out on another ship here. Verse 12, we put out at uh, Syracuse. Syracuse is in Sicily. And uh, they stayed there three days. And from there, we set sail and arrived at uh, Regium. That's Regium is up at the toe of the boot of Italy. And it says, then the next day, the south wind came up. And on the following day, we reached Pudioli. So they're moving up now into the interior on the coast of Italy to the western side. Verse 14, there we found some brothers who invited us to spend a week with them, and so we came to Rome. And so finally they get to Rome. And the brothers there had heard that we were coming, and they traveled as far as the Forum of Appius and the Three Taverns to meet us. At the sight of these men, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. And when we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. So he's under house arrest here. So he's not thrown in prison. He's under house arrest. In fact, we're going to find that later. If you want to mark this down in your notes, he's going to, over the couple of years that he's here, which is roughly A.D. 60 to 62, while he's imprisoned in Rome under house arrest, he has some freedom. He's going to write Ephesians, Colossians, Philemon, and Philippians. He's going to write those letters from Rome during his uh, first Roman imprisonment Here, Ephesians, Colossians, Philemon, and Philippians in that order. Though that's not chronological in our Bibles, that's the order in which he writes it. Ephesians, Colossians, Philemon, and Philippians. So he's there. Verse 17, three days later, he called together the leaders of the Jews. Okay, now these are not believing Jews. He's going to defend the faith in front of these Jewish leaders there in Rome. It says, and when they had assembled, Paul said to them, My brothers, although I have done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. But when the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar. Not that I had any charge to bring against my own people. said, you know, I have nothing against the Jewish people. For this reason, I have asked to see you and talk with you. It is because of the hope of Israel that i am bound with this chain who is the hope of israel jesus they replied we have not received any letters from judea concerning you and none of the brothers who have come from there has reported or said anything bad about you but we want to hear what your views are for we know that people everywhere are talking against this sect okay again in their perception it's christianity is a heretical sect it's a it's a branch of judaism that's gone awry that's their thought So verse 23, they arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in, even larger numbers, to the place where he was staying. From morning till evening, he explained and declared to them the kingdom of God and tried to convince them about Jesus from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Okay, so he's basically taking the Old Testament, the law of Moses, first five books of the Bible, the prophets. And then, of course, you have the Psalms and the wisdom books like Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, But he's using Scripture to testify to Jesus, because Jesus is all through the Old and New Testament, revealed in prophetic ways in the Old Testament, revealed in actual ways New Testament. Well, verse 24 says, Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your forefathers when he said through Isaiah the prophet, And he's going to quote here now from Isaiah chapter 6. And by the way, Jesus quoted this also in Matthew 13. So this is who he quotes here from Isaiah 6. Go to this people and say, You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. Now, obviously, why is that objectionable to some of these Jews who are hearing this? Because it it is a prophetic statement against their stubborn and reluctant hearts to see the revelation of Messiah, to hear the revelation of Messiah, to believe the revelation of Messiah. And Isaiah says, unfortunately, it's a commentary on the stubborn, reluctant hearts of many of the Jews who will not believe that Jesus is the Christ. But it says some believe, though, so that's a good thing. Verse 28, therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles because you folks have rejected it and they will listen. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. Last point, number seven, God will ultimately fulfill his plans and purposes for our lives. Right? Because what was it that the Lord said to him? You're going to Rome. And eventually he got there. It wasn't a straight line, but he got there. And the same is true for us. God is always faithful to his promises. And God will always accomplish his perfect will and his sovereign plan in our lives. It may not come as quickly. It may not be the straight line that we think or wish. But God is always faithful and will ultimately fulfill his plans and purposes for our lives, even as he did for Paul. And thus, the book of Acts. Amen.
1: There's much more to glean from the pages of Acts and the history of the early church, but we'll pause our journey through it for today. Join us next time as Pastor Gary continues to share the the power of the Holy Spirit with us. If you'd like to learn more about Cornerstone Connection, Pastor Gary, or the church these messages originate from, we encourage you to visit cornerstoneconnection.cc. Browse through our archive of previous messages while you're there. And feel free to share them with friends and family. Download our mobile app as well to keep God's Word with you as you go about your daily activities. Pastor Gary has also made available a study guide to accompany his series, In Acts. You can find this digital booklet in companion resources under the teachings tab. Do you live in the Leesburg area or will you be visiting in the near future? If so, we'd like to extend an invitation to join us for our weekly gatherings. We meet each Sunday and Wednesday to spend time in prayer and worship and studying the Bible. Visit cornerstoneconnection.cc for service times, more information and directions. If you can't join us in person, don't worry. We live stream our services. Just click the link under the teachings tab. Thanks for joining us today. And be sure to tune in again for another edition of Cornerstone Connection.
0: They say
2: you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know but
1: still you know You're not alone